Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi. This is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Hello. Thank you for joining us today on Snow the Goalie, one of the many Flyers podcasts available in the greater Philadelphia area. My name is Russ Joy. My co-host is Anthony Sanfilippo. Welcome. It's been a little bit. Anthony, how are you today? I'm wonderful, Russ. And it's only and it's only been a little bit. Gotta remember, keep it keep in mind. Now, we we did say we were gonna record last week and didn't, but the thought process is this. If we recorded last week as we had originally said, then we would have skipped this week because it's a holiday week. Because we normally record on like a Thursday. With Thanksgiving, it would have been really tough. So bumping it just a handful of days to get through another couple of games to get to a recording on a Tuesday night kind of piecemeals the two weeks where we would have lost one anyway so we snuck one in in between i think that that's probably we, we just kind of bumped it so we got a few more games to talk about so it's a little bit more fresh for people who might be listening over the holiday anthony's a spin master what actually happened here is he and bundy both ghosted me for the better part of a week and a half that's exactly but i did manage that is exactly what happened so i managed to get anthony today although bundy i didn't ghost been... you i didn't ghost you because we did talk about you coming to my house and hanging televisions yeah that's right the only time – I just want to put this out there. The only time that Anthony has wanted to talk to me is when he FaceTimed me one night, which is very strange. I honestly thought he was going to be, like, back in the hospital with, like, the Rona again. And, no, it's it's him trying to show me the back of his TV to see if the, uh, the mount that he had was correct. And then, like, to try to persuade me to come to his house and hang all the TVs. So that's the kind of friendship we have. Bundy, meanwhile, has been out promoting his book, Road to Redemption, which is a great holiday gift. I just want to point that out. We're going to – We're going to talk to him, I believe, right after Thanksgiving. For next week's episode, I believe the plan is for him to to come back. He's been crazy busy with the rollout of that book, been very successful, been seeing all over Facebook. Like, he's he's this place, is that place, promoting the book, signed copies, the works. Um, If you're you're looking for a great holiday gift and you you know a Flyers fan in your life, Road to Redemption, it's on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, everywhere that I think you can uh, find books. Go pick up a copy. We'll talk to him about that in, a, in another week or so. And, you know, the the thing is, I, I led off the show like I did today instead of like with our traditional oh yes and all the exciting things because people have been down on Snow the Goalie, at least people on Twitter. You know, I didn't want Twitter to fail, all right? I didn't want Twitter to go under. I didn't want all of the people who, you know, were like bemoaning all the changeover to be right. But but today, for some reason, I was like, you know what? If Twitter just just flat out like croaked, it'd be totally fine. Today was a weird Flyers day, and it was a weird Flyers Twitter day, and I I just have to tell you, Ant, uh, I am ready to be somewhat positive, but I do want to point out the fact that, like, this team is not in a great spot, and in fact, it was one of our listeners, and I want to make sure that I get this person's name right uh, and, and put it out there correctly, because 
Someone pointed out the fact uh, in the Twitter community, which you can request, by the way, if you're over on Twitter, you can go into communities, you can request to join the Snow the Goalie community. I, I think I'll link to it in this, uh, this episode's description. But somebody said, like, what's going to happen first? This is like three or four days ago. What's going to happen first? The Flyers win a game or Snow the Goalie drops a new episode. And that, like, spawned a, a whole thing. Um, but we did have a listener, and I, I think, oh, you know what? It was on. It was to Snow the Goalie. Hold on a second. It was uh, Bob Dylan at for, uh, for Keep It Real who said 10 hours ago, Flyers haven't won a game since the last Snow the Goalie podcast. And I'm not saying that we were a bad luck charm. I'm not saying that us coming back is a good luck charm. But he is correct. We last did an episode. Uh, we put an episode out on November 10th. The last time the Flyers won a game was November 8th. Um, later in the day on November 10th, the Flyers lost their first of seven straight losses. Um, it has not been all rainbows and smiles in Flyers land. And let's talk about it. Well, I mean, look, first and foremost, we all we, we knew that there was going to be regression, right, Ross? I mean, they weren't going to be able to continue to play at the level that they were playing when they started the season 7-3-2 and two through their first 12 games. Um, they were the beneficiaries of outstanding goaltending. And when I say outstanding, like beyond your normal – stretch of good goalie goalieing. I mean, Carter Hart was off the charts. Good. Um, even Felix Sandstrom who finally got his first win against St. Louis. I think it was St. Louis. Um, uh, he was, he was good even in the games that he lost. Um, so their goaltending was just, was just phenomenal. And then it kind of came back down the reality a little bit. Not that it's been bad because it hasn't. The goaltending has been fine it's just not been steel victory type goaltending. And the team's not good enough to win games consistently without that great goaltending. Throw in the fact that they are now missing six forwards from the lineup um, who probably would have been on their top two lines or at least most of them on the top two lines. Um, and they're playing with a bunch of AHL caliber players. And the, the, some of the prospects that they were, fingers crossed, hoping would improve um, or, or, you know, get an opportunity and, and, and play, um, like, significant, uh, you know, minutes and, and, and really kind of be that, you know, developing for the future, um, then no. Then those guys have not been – doing what they need to do as well uh so you know you look at the guys like morgan frost uh, for example you know tanner lichinski i know he scored in the game against calgary somebody gave him a third star i i'd say that that torella's response to how he played was kind of meh <laughs> like it is you know if you really want to look at it like he's not happy that just because you score a goal doesn't necessarily mean you're you had a good game right um, so there's, there's some real young players that have not given the flyers what they had hoped to this point. And, um, and then on defense, things are just, just not great. I mean, you know, I, I, I everybody wants to kill wrist line and yeah, he's on the third pair. He's just kind of meandering through down there, but Travis Sandheim, who just got that ridiculous 
contract has not been good this year. He's been really – he's taken a big step backwards. Um you know, I'm trying to. You know, there's other there's other things we could dive into a lot of the stuff. You know, with with you know Kevin Hayes kind of being in the doghouse and and Carter Hart. Um, oh, hold on, though- I, I want to pause before you get to the Carter Hart. So hold yeah, on. yeah, just I'm I'm having a hard time here because there's part of me that wants to be nice, and then there's part of me that just doesn't feel like trying to fake being nice to some of the morons. Uh, on Flyers Twitter, who I don't think actually listen to this show. I think the people who listen to Snow the Goalie are intelligent people who are capable of thought, mm-hmm. who are capable of listening to opinions they might not agree with. But there are a lot of really dumb people on Flyers Twitter. So you just mentioned three names. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, Travis Sanheim, Kevin Hayes. They all have one thing in common. Well, they have a bunch of things in common, but what's one thing in common that I'm going to just laugh at? One thing per, that they have in common? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the contracts, maybe? The big money contracts? Yeah, and who, who, signed, who signed these players to these contracts? Uh, Chuck Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher. Oh, okay. I, I just wanted to make sure. I, I just wanted to make yeah, sure yeah, I was yeah. misremembering. So three of the players who... Uh, have been underwhelming, to put it nicely, throughout like a, a decent chunk, especially recently. But we could then say, because it's seven-game losing streak, that uh, have not played well. Are three guys who've been given long-term contracts with high AAV, and also I believe no movement clauses. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those three players were all uh, signed or extended or traded for. Um, by Chuck Fletcher. Um, okay. I just wanted to make sure that we have that. Because we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. But, okay. Now now we now we can continue. Now that we've, you know, that's not good, Ant. I'm pretty sure that that's not great. Because you're, the, the guys that you locked in and really believed in to be your second pair have not had a great season. And the guy who I do think unfairly was being thrust into 1C duties when he's a 3C, Kevin Hayes, is now playing the wing, which we'll get to in a second. But go ahead. You were, you were mentioning Carter Hart. Yeah, yeah. And, um, well, Carter Hart, again, it's not been bad. He's just not been a superstar. And there's, you know, there was a, a question about, you know, maybe he's being overused a little bit. Maybe he's being tired. And Tortorella poo-pooed that. He basically said, "You could goalies could be talked into being tired." <laughs> There's this quote. I'll read the whole thing. The whole quote is fantastic. But um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons this team's lost seven in a row. It's it's fundamentally flawed. Um, but we knew this coming in. Question. Yeah, Carter Hart being overused. Uh, r- correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I just, I, I, I might've just forgotten, you know, forgive me. Like I might've whacked my head on a door frame. Did the flyers bring in a legitimate backup netminder this, uh, this past off season to not necessarily push Carter Hart, but like to be good for 30 or so starts a year. Did they, did they go out and do that? Anthony, this past off season? No, they did not. You're sure you're sure that they, they, they went into, this season and they they didn't they didn't go get a, a legitimate backup netminder no 
They did not. Who um who made that decision, Anthony? Just out of curiosity, like who who's the one who built the team? That would be Chuck Fletcher. Oh, okay. I just again, forgive me. I might have whacked my head on a door frame, got it caught in a car door. All right. I just thank you for filling me back in. Okay. So uh Carter Hart. The the line, do you have the full quote in front of you that Tortorella said about uh being able to talk a goalie into being tired? I do. I do. So the interesting, question interesting so, line. So so the question was, um uh you you mentioned about the goaltending. You guys are gonna need great goaltending. This is a really busy stretch for you guys. You're in the middle of it. There's more games coming. Are you getting any sense that Carter might be getting a bit tired due to the rapid nature of games? And here's Tortorella's response. See, I don't buy that. Not to this point. We've had a lot of days off. I think sometimes a goaltender can be talked into being tired, at least to this game here. I think he's fresh enough to play up to this game. Now, what happens our next game? I don't know. Dilly and I have those conversations. I, I think that's part of Carter growing, too, is to handle some of the load. We'll see. Again, I do think athletes can be talked into being tired, and sometimes an athlete has to battle through it. We're in a little bit of a jam, and you're the number one guy. You battle through it, and you try to find a way to help us. I think that's part of growing as a goaltender. Hmm. 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 Interesting. Um, did we think that John Tortorella would take a shot at the goalie 19 games into the season? Well, let's put it this way, Russ. You know, we knew, and we go way back. You have to go. I couldn't tell you what episode it was on, but it was back before the whole Fedotov issue with Russia um, last season. Where, and I have to think it was after the world champ, the world championships, when he was playing so well for Russia, where we were discussing the fact that they were going to sign him to a contract, bring him over here. Not just to be the backup goalie or to get him some time in the AHL or whatever, they were bringing him over here to push Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. That that was their, they wanted to push Carter Hart with Ivan Fedotov, and obviously that went to hell when the Russians, you know, sent him to Siberia and said he has to serve in the military. Yeah, hold on, um, back, back up, back that up again, really quick. The Flyers. The Flyers signed him though to a contract, did they not? They did. They did get while the contract, he was, but he while didn't... he was still he was still quasi under contract with with CSKA Moscow, correct? Well, I mean, I and think that... That, I, I think that they were allowed they they were allowed to sign him when they did. Mm-hmm. The problem ended up being that I think that the team got the CSK team got mad. They kind of then threw him under their own bus with the whole, oh, he was dodging the draft or, you know, dodging the military service kind of thing that you do in Russia, um, which a few players got caught up in with using phony, um, I don't know, phony military military service card. So, yeah, Um, just so so they they signed him to that contract. He was he was in the U.S., though, right? Like they were smart enough to get him out of out of Russia to sign that contract when. When, uh, you know, after, yeah. after Russia had invaded Ukraine, right? No, but that wasn't also, it's not, I know. It, it, who signed, who signed I, Ivan Fedotov to that cut? I'm I, not look, putting this one on it. I'm not, okay. You I'm can't not, put that one on Chuck. I mean, not, that's, that I'm was not. a lot tougher of a situation. Uh, yeah, um, different. But I get your point. But still, the guy who but, signed him to but, a contract while he was in Russia. Chuck well, but here's, but here's my, the, I think where you, where you could have a better argument 
um, to blame Chuck. I know how to make a better argument. I just feel like being an ass. Well, no, no. You want to be you want to you want to be funny about it. That's okay. Um, but I I think that the better argument is that once that goes awry, and you realize Fedotov can't come over here, you need to if you if the plan was to push Carter Hart, then you need to bring in a goalie who can push him. And Felix Sandstrom was never going to be that guy. Or the I forget what the other guy's name is that they signed and ended Airson. up. Yeah, no, 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 no. The, oh, no, oh, the the uh, the, mi- the minor league career minor league goalie. Worth. Yeah, yeah. Um, that fart sound was, yeah. was about as valuable. Yeah. That that said, Urson, I will say this: I hear they're very happy with the way he's playing uh, in the AHL, and I have a feeling you might see him sooner rather than later. I think that there's a chance that you're going to see Sam Urson be brought up to be the the backup goalie, um, and 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 really kind of you know see if he can push. Now I, I, he's not. I don't think he's ready. Um, I don't think I really don't think he's ready to be a like a, a, a workload kind of goalie in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, can he can he play a little bit? And and maybe you know, do well if they he does well, kind of make there be a couple questions about Carter. Um, I think that's good. I, I, I think that's uh, I think that's okay. So let's uh, you know let's see if that happens. But I, I do think that that's a shot at Carter Hart to say, hey, listen, pull up the big boy pants, pal. <laughs> you're so the number one. Within- you're the number one goalie, man. You got to come out and help this team. So within the past 10 days or so, John Tortorella has not talked to the media after the Columbus game, almost decapitated Sam Carcitti <laughs> twice, I think, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Same day. Asking questions and, and also asking questions about uh, uh, who the next goalie was going to be, like who the, who the next starter was going to be. Yeah. Got a Jesus Christ out of, uh, out of Tortorella for asking that. Yeah. Um. And now he's taking a shot. Oh, he took a shot at the goalie. Who, well, you missed you missed the who, whole. Oh, well, I know, no, no, I know the other one. I know the other one. Okay. He he uh, he took a shot at the goalie, who's the only reason the team was even remotely relevant through the first like nine games of the season, ten games of the season. Um, and also made him look brilliant and get some good publicity in the uh, in the process. And oh, by the way, took the uh, the number one center or at least the guy who's thrust into num- being the number one center, put him on the wing and essentially said that Noah Cates is a better center for the team right now. So he's he's sort of, maybe, this might be a little bit hyperbolic, but he's kind of called out the goalie and sort of alienated uh, one of the guys that had an A on his sweater last year, who's also one of the highest paid players on the roster. Hunky-dory. Was there anything else that John Tortorella has done in the last 10 days? It's also. Yeah, of... you forgot. There was one you forgot. I was trying to keep you in in order, but that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, no problem. Don't forget. After was... they after they got smoked by Dallas, he defended the, how hard they're playing. So I always, I will always defend this these guys where they play hard, blah, blah, blah. blah. And that's then the right. very next game was back in Columbus, and he's on the bench in the first period and being asked after they're down one nothing. Um, being asked, uh, you know, w- you know what's what's going on with his team, and he said to Brian Boucher, "We suck." <laughs> so, so not all not all is rainbows and smiles in John Tortorella land. 
<laughs> I can hear I can hear some people right now though. I think I think many of the people listening are like, yeah, that that, that tracks. Sounds about right. And then there's some who are like, see, these assholes are back. They only came back to complain. They only came back to be negative about the team. Look, we're just we're just pointing out a few things that happened along the way. Uh, hey, Ant, I, I feel like now might be an okay time to bring this up because Thanksgiving is this week. And at the beginning of the season, or no, it was, it was before the season. I think this was back in August. Um, I had you and Bundy project and predict the first 20 games of the season. Uh-huh. And the thought was, you know, if you're in a playoff contention around Thanksgiving, chances are you end up holding that spot and you make the postseason. 80%, and actually, 80% of the time. When you and I last post lock, did a show, post lockout. When you and I last did a show on the tenth, you brought that up, mm-hmm. and the Flyers at that point were seven three and two. Was that right? It's correct. Something like that. I don't. But it's correct. Right. Seven three and two. Were seven three and two? Yes. No. Yes. Was it? Yes. Was it? Are you sure? They've played. They've Was played nineteen right? games at this point. They had not yeah. lost at that point, and they haven't had the losing streak at that point. So. Yes, they were seven three and two. They're now seven eight. Oh, and that's four. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So they were seven three and two, and you were like, "Hey, look, there's a chance. There's a, there's a chance that this team hangs on to that spot." And I'm like, "Oh boy," and then I I you know maybe a little maybe a little bit dickish. I said to you, "Well, Aunt, you know this this team does have a propensity for finding their way into a ten game losing streak, and we're at seven, and that's interesting because I I want to I want to take back." Uh, the the listeners and the viewers over on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel. Um, back to something that happened a few months ago. Uh, let's I'll try. Give, yeah, we'll give a flyers to the Okay. Loss. And then on on the road on the road against Washington. All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins. Seven three ten overtime loss. <laughs> oh, Oh my gosh, seven ten and three. Bundy was seven eleven and two. Now here's here's the beauty of this, uh, and that's it. So to recap, you had them at seven ten and three. Mm-hmm. Bundy had them at seven eleven and two. Mm-hmm. If the Flyers, and this is a big if, if the Flyers were to lose, and let's say in regulation, mm-hmm. um, in their next game, you would be. Uh, what one point off? Yep, they will have they will have had one more overtime game, overtime loss than I would have expected. They will be seven nine and four, and I had them at seven ten and three. So by the time people listen to this show, they're on their way to Wells Fargo Center on uh, Wednesday. No, it's a they, road game. It's a road game. Sorry, Wednesday. that's right. They're in they're in DC. There must be a fly in here, flying around. That just freaks me out. Okay, so uh, as people are on their way uh, down on the metro. Uh, towards the uh, the nation's capital after having spent their morning in the great state of Maryland, the old line state, which will be launching fully Maryland online sports betting on Wednesday. You can read about that on crossingbroad.com and others. Um, there's a chance that if the Flyers lose in regulation, you will have missed by one point. Bundy will also be close. No matter what happens, you guys were both very close in what you predicted to happen. And this is the part of the show where I say, I, I hate, hate, and I, I probably shouldn't, but like, I really do hate groups of the fan base that like to overreact to everything. You know, like it's, it's fair when you put out something that's well thought out, 
And when you put out a prediction for what's going to happen through the first 20 games of the season, the first half of the season, maybe even the, the full season. And like along the way, you know, there are going to be highs and lows. The team's going to overperform. The team's going to underperform. And then like eventually there's the regression to the, to the mean. And what you expected to happen can happen. And I, I know that you remember this because in the beginning of the season, uh, you caught a lot of flack. Bundy caught a lot of flack. I caught a lot of flack. Snow the goalie caught a lot of flack because we we kind of were rolling with this idea of me saying the team was horribly constructed and like very flawed and you can't bank on all these injury-prone players to be like the key contributors and to also stay healthy. You and Bundy had picked the games to go the way they did. And when the Flyers started off 7-3-2, and two, we had a lot of people who, you know, were were very excited to kind of dunk on us. And that's fine. And and if you remember, I, I believe you and I both responded to a lot of these people saying, like, come back to us at the 20 game mark, come back to us at Christmas, and then let us know how that's going for you. And here we are. We're 19 games in. By the time people listen to the show, they might be 20 games in. But they're about where we expected them to be, which is all to say sometimes people know what they're talking about. And in the case of you and Bundy, and I would argue in the case of what I've been saying about this team, we were right. It doesn't mean that things can't turn around. It doesn't mean that we don't want things to turn around. But they are. I mean, Den- Dennis Green was the one who put this out there, Ant. Mm-hmm. Remember? They are they who, are we, who thought we thought they were. they were. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And th- I mean... Let's be honest that the Flyers are exactly who they thought who we thought they were. Now, to be fair, the team has had legitimate injuries and 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 they've had a lot of them happen at the same time. Earlier today, we got a, an email from the Flyers that had the update of uh, some current injuries and timelines. So again, this is as of Tuesday afternoon, the Flyers sent this out. Travis Konechny is expected to be out 10 to 14 days. Wade Allison expected to be out two to three weeks. Cam Atkinson remains out on a week-to-week basis. Uh, Sean Couturier underwent back surgery and is expected to return three to four months from his surgery on October 27th, which gives him a January-February window. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk underwent surgery the next day, which is nice. I'm guessing the Flyers got some kind of like a two-for-one special at the surgery center by going back-to-back days, so good for them, you know, in in these uncertain times. Uh, But he was going to be out for six weeks from that October 28th surgery. And then Bobby Brink uh, underwent hip surgery uh, on July 21st and was expected to return five months from then, so you're looking at maybe December, January. That doesn't even begin, like, that doesn't even mention the fact Scott Lawton was put on injured reserve, uh, expected to miss two weeks, and Ryan Ellis isn't even mentioned. Now, I know that, like, when I sit here and say, Ant, we were right. Bundy was right. Snow the goalie was right. That there are people who say, well, you guys didn't project the, the injuries, did you? What do you say to that? I have a thought, but I've talked too much. What do you say to the people who say, well, did you you guys predict the injuries? Well, (laughs) um, did we predict all the injuries? No. Did we know some of these players were not going to be ready to start the season? Yes. We we went on on the show show and said it. They're not going to have these players back at the time. It was like, you know, Couturier was not going to make it. Uh, Ellis was not going to play. 
And we didn't think Faraby would be back till December. Right. We didn't think Faraby would be back. He actually came back early. I'm not certain that he's playing to his level. He was one of the guys that um, Tortorella criticized after the last loss to, to Calgary. We can get to that too. I didn't even mention him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so we didn't, we didn't have that. But you have to also have to assume that there are going to be some injuries and that the team is not deep enough to withstand any. So unless they were going to get incredibly lucky and have no injuries at all, in which case they could, if they played at their best, be an approximately 500 team. And this was going to be what they were going to be. Like yeah. you, you had to expect it. And, and not only that, they're, they, you know, they're going to go into a game against Washington tomorrow and, you know, who knows what will happen. They could win they, or they could lose their eighth, eighth in a row. Washington's got a ton of injuries too. They're missing like six guys as well, like significant players. And it's part of the reason why they're off to a slow start. Um, but they're, they're kind of hanging in with the same record right now as the Flyers without all those players for long term because they have a little bit better depth. The Flyers are slowly deteriorating as it gets worse because they don't have the depth that those other teams have um, to withstand injury. Injuries happen to every team. You know, Flyers have lost two games now to Columbus who are down some of their best players. And, and yet they, they still found a way to beat the Flyers. You know, mm-hmm. is Washington going to find Maybe Washington finds a way to beat the Flyers tomorrow night. You going to blame the injuries when Washington's missing six Somewhere. players too? Like you can't, you can't always blame injuries. Yes. Injuries are unfortunate. Injuries do impact outcomes of games sometimes. And, and you know, but you got to fight through it. You got to get through that, you know, and, and, and at least tread water. Uh, the perfect example that I give is in, in baseball. We, look, we, we saw it here in Philadelphia this year. Phillies played two months without Bryce Harper and were able to play decent enough baseball to make it into the playoffs and then ultimately make the run to the World Series. Sometimes you have to be able to accommodate for the loss of a big-name player or the loss of a multiple players. And to the Phillies' credit, they had guys who could step in and, and, and get the job done, albeit for a short period of time. Um, but the Flyers don't have that. That's, that's what's lacking. The Flyers don't have that those guys ready to come up and play. And, and it's obvious that Tortorella doesn't like the guys that the Flyers – kind of sort of hint and tout as, well, yeah, we think this guy's ready, or we think, no. <laughs> no, Torrell doesn't like him, doesn't want to play him. I'm telling you, he's just, I he's he's got to the point where it's just like, I, I can't win with, with some of these guys. They don't they just can't be here. You know, and when you have Kevin Hayes, and you mentioned Hayes, and, and I just wanted to say, read the quote, because I think that the quote is is fascinating to me, because they moved him to the wing, Um and, you know, he went with, uh, with, with Noah Cates. So two things that this ties to. Um, uh, so it goes to this. It says uh, uh, you had Hayes out there at the end of the Montreal game, right? And usually you like to have um, one, uh, you know, or at least one veteran guy or a couple veteran guys out there. Instead, he pulled Hayes off the ice. And he went with Noah Cates, Patrick Brown, and Zach McEwen. And and Torrell goes, I mean, you saw the guys I had out on the ice at the end. That kind of spells it out for you. 
when he was at, then that was when he was asked if he needed to see more leadership from healthy veterans. He says, I don't need to answer that question. You can just tell by the people I'm putting out on the ice. And then afterwards, when he, when he was asked about moving Hayes to the wing and getting Noah Cates into the middle, he says, I want to continue to develop Catesy as a center. I think Catesy's more responsible down low defensively. I mean, he's basically telling you Kevin Hayes is not long for this for his team. Well, I hate to point it out to John Tortorella, but there's a uh, uh, a problem with uh, trying to bury Kevin Hayes, and it happens to be the contract that was given out by the current GM. I don't exactly think the teams in this league are lining up for Kevin Hayes. Do you? No. And so, uh, you know, he's what, not what you're he, doing. He's not going to be here long term. Let's just put it that way. Well, but I, I know. How do you move him? How do you move the contract? They're going to have to do the same kind of. Well, I don't think Chuck Fletcher should be in charge of that. I mean, somebody else has oh, to come hold, in and figure that out. Hold on a second now. Now, Ann, Chuck Fletcher's been, he was given another offseason to fix this, okay? Actually, he, he didn't even have to fix it. And there was nothing wrong with what Chuck Fletcher had done, which is why he earned another offseason as the GM of this team. Um, to be clear, he's got, uh, over $7 million, uh, over $7 million cap hit for three seasons beyond this one. Uh, he also has a no, a modified no trade clause. He's no longer in no movement clause land, but he's in a modified no trade. Um, there's no, there's no chance in hell that they can move Kevin Hayes for anything. I mean, it's, it's not even a matter of getting anything back in terms of value, it, it's a matter of like just getting him off the books and freeing up a, a roster spot. The problem is there's, I cannot envision a scenario where there's a team that's lining up to, to get the services of Kevin Hayes. As we've talked about many times on this show, he does nothing particularly well. He does a few things. Okay. He is ultimately a three C on a good team. He is a two C on a pretty bad team. He is a 1C on a team that has been horrifically built and also has injury issues. I genuinely don't see a way that they can trade him. The only, I, I guess, here's the question, Ant. Like, if, say say things really went to hell fast between Tortorella and Hayes, and Tortorella just, like, says, I'm benching this guy. Like, I, I refuse to play him. Or I'm going to embarrass him. Like, I'm going to play him on the fourth line and, like, see if that lights a fire, but ultimately it probably won't. Then what? Like what what happens? Because if you're if you're Spectacor, right, who doesn't seem to care uh, about what's going on with the team, because if like you you brought this guy back to build another team after years and years of just awful play, poor moves, poor deadlines, bad contracts, locking you into long term deals at you know, what we'd probably consider like height of market value, no discounts on AAV. Like you, you've, you've created this mess by letting this guy continue to do his thing poorly. I, I don't know how he gets out from under this contract. And, you know, if, if to your point, if the idea is, well, you know what, the, the team's going to have to move on from Chuck Fletcher and the next guy's going to have to get rid of him uh, or the, or the next lady, maybe the flyers will break ground and, and they'll hire the first female GM. I don't want to, to you know, throw that idea out the window. But who, are, like, why should it be the next person's responsibility to clean up Chuck Fletcher's mess? You know, like, I, and if he is here, because I don't see them getting rid of Chuck Fletcher right now. If if he is here, 
it's going to cost you draft capital, you would think, to move out from under the Kevin Hayes deal. That's after an offseason where you refuse to move draft capital to potentially get JVR off the books to free up some money for free agent signings of any kind. It all just comes back to like the fact that there's been no vision for this team. There's been no vision short-term short term or long-term. There's been no cohesive plan. It's right. been the ultimate fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants. Like It's been this way for 18 months at least. How like how do you even rationalize it? You know, I, you can't. You, you can't. You know, you, you, really, not, uh, you just can't. You know, it, it that I think that's the thing that's so frustrating is like, I come back to the people who who think that you and I like to be negative about the team. Or Bunny likes to be negative about the team because it's fun. Like we enjoy crapping on the team. No, we want the team to be good. We would like to cover a winning team. It'd be really nice to like go through a year of this podcast where we're like, yo, Ant, look at this. Like the Flyers are, you know, 27 and three. Like what a nice start to the season. This is great. Like playoff hockey is going to be coming back to Philadelphia. They're going to have the Wells Fargo Center with all this beautiful, you know, the, the, the redesigned and like reformatted Wells Fargo Center. Like they're filling the place up. It's great. Everything's hunky dory. We want that. You don't think we want to like be able to capitalize on that. You don't think like, we want to have like watch parties that that are going to like draw significant numbers. That isn't just going to be like a bunch of pissed off liar centers. By the way, we still might at, at some point in the next few months. But like you don't you don't think we would want that? You don't think that we want to like capitalize on that? You know, maybe like work work on things. You know, with the team to promote certain things and like be really excited about like where this team is going. Of course we do, but like th- there's no hope with this current front office regime. They've done nothing to instill confidence. And so I come back to like, what have they done to show you that they're worth a damn? Like what has Chuck Fletcher done to show you that he is worthy of getting the benefit of the doubt on any of this? And I think the answer is he hasn't, there isn't, and there won't be. I just don't know how long this organization is willing to hang on to him uh, you know, out of fear that they're going to look like idiots. If they fire him, you know, and we were, what was it, three years ago? We're sitting in press row, or was it four years ago? We're sitting in press row. You look at me and you go, by the way, Hextall's going to go before Hextall. We talked about it a little bit on the press row show that day. It was a Black Friday game against the Rangers, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that right now with Chuck Fletcher because I don't see a scenario where they can cut bait on Fletcher and not look like absolute morons right like they're the ones who chose to go back down this path again we knew what was going to happen like how how long do you honestly think it's going to last now how long do you think it should last how long do you think they're going to keep this guy in in this position it's you got me at this point it's to me he when he failed to do what he um should have done this summer or at least outline what he was planning to do this summer and 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 let us know what this was going to be um he should i I think he's on borrowed time now right i mean Mm -hmm. as far as i'm concerned if this team continues to spiral down towards the bottom of the division and it becomes apparent you know by the holidays that that by, by Christmas holiday, I mean, 
that he's going to be trade that the the Flyers are going to be um, sellers and not and not buyers at the trade deadline because they're not in the playoff race. Um, I don't think you give Chuck Fletcher the opportunity to put that together again. Like, why would you? Like, why would you? Why would you see the failures of the past couple seasons and say, "Let's let him do it again"? Like, at that point, I think you really have to say, "You know, we've given you as much opportunity as you can. The team is still not improving." And while you can make excuses about injuries and the like, and while you've helped reshape, you know, the front office, et cetera, et cetera, I, I just don't see it, Russ. I just don't see it as an, something that should be happening. And if it does, if they do allow it to continue, I think that the, the organization is making an, or, an organizational mistake that can continue to set the team back further than they even are going to be. Yeah. Because you can't continue to let let him try and work his way out of mistakes. Because if you're looking at it now, I mean, it, it's it's still way too early to call the, the Sanheim contract a mistake. And it's technically still early to call the Ristolainen contract a mistake. Okay, because you've only played 19 games in a season with a bad team. Let's see how those team those players look with better players around them, et cetera, et cetera. And then maybe at that point, maybe at that point it go, becomes, okay, now we can evaluate and, okay, they're still not good enough. Now it's a bad contract. Um, but the problem, though, is that they were, they were signed to those contracts to be two of your better players. I mean, they're two of your higher paid players. So Correct, correct. I but know I what mean, you're saying, but like, yeah, let's, team, let's also be real needs, here. Right. But the team, the team needs to be better overall in order mm-hmm. to really – establish whether or not those contracts are worth it um but like a guy like kevin hayes we i think we've come to the realization and if you go back to when they signed him russ like we did not like the contract then mm-hmm. right we didn't like the contract then it was a bad we were assholes though and we were we were horrible people we were very negative because we didn't like the contract and we pointed out that he's a, a two and a half c yeah we were awful people for that yes I, here's here's our mad amp i you know I want everybody to enjoy themselves. I want everybody to enjoy being a Flyers fan. But, like, we need the the Rainbows and Smiles brigade to, like, just have, a, like, a, a wake-up call. Because when when you want to believe that a team is going to be able to be a Cinderella and to overachieve and everything, like, that's great. And when a team starts off like this team did this year, 7-3-2, and two, you are, by all means, you know, able, willing, uh, and, and within your right to celebrate those wins and to feel really good about being a fan of the team. But what you don't have the right to do is to then turn around and say that anybody who's been critical of the team is just doing it for show. Mertidis did that. I mean, Mertidis said that, remember, and we went on to his show, and he kind of backtracked a little bit, that I'm like this hot take artist, and my whole thing has been, I just don't think the team's good, and I don't think the team's built very well, and I, I don't think they did what they were supposed to do or should have done. Uh, I... Like, we we just need to come to a point where it's like, look, I, we don't want to be right. We didn't want to be right about this, but we are. There is no, there is no scenario in which this team turns it around and becomes like a legitimate playoff contender. Now, could you potentially get back some of these guys in the next few weeks, in the next couple of months? 
Could you maybe get Sean Couturier back by February um, in, in a meaningful way? Could could Ryan Ellis like just somehow rise from the dead and be part of this team? Will Cam Atkinson? We don't know what's going on there. I have a, I have a theory, um, but like Cam Atkinson, you know, does he come back? Is he in a good pl- a good enough place to come back? Is he healthy enough to come back? You know, like all right, cool. You know, if you add all those pieces in, like what are they? They're probably like a a middling team, maybe a sort of bubble team, but that's it. You know, in in a way, them losing seven straight and kind of getting back to like where we thought they would be, it, it comes back to that idea of like your only way to add elite talent given your current cap situation that Chuck Fletcher put you in. Like the only thing you can do is hope that you get one of the top picks in the draft and like maybe that that guy ends up being one of the the foundational pieces of, you know, turning this thing around over the next few years. I just, I'm so frustrated because this is exactly what I've been worried about. This is exactly what I've been saying for over a year about this guy and his inability to to build a team. He's not creative. He doesn't find value along the margins. It's the thing that I always go back to. Everything he does is milk toast. It is like the safest play. If the guy's ever been around the state of Minnesota, you bet your ass he's going to be interested in them. Like there, there are no like going and finding a diamond in the rough. It doesn't happen. He doesn't do it. He doesn't have the ability to do it. He's done it once in his career. It's Kaprizov. It was a great, you know, fifth round pick. Awesome. It's an anomaly. It's not a regular occurrence. Some people have a hard time with that. He just doesn't have it. And this organization has just chosen to ride with this guy this whole time. And in doing so, especially over the last 18 months when I've been the most critical, he has locked this team into long-term contracts, high cap hits, high AAV, has given no movement clauses like it's candy on Halloween, including to players that don't, one, maybe belong in the league, Nick Delorier. Uh, like I, I, he has put you into a position that doesn't only make you bad this year. It makes you bad for multiple years, but at the same time, the team can't be bad enough to be a bottom feeding, you know, bottom three team that like gets to get a few top lottery picks like the devils did. Like he, he somehow has put them in this weird purgatory state that like, you're going to need a, an all time hire in the, the guy after him that takes this job to pull this team out of it, to pull the nose up on this. Um, because... I'm not certain, well, when you say all-time higher, let me ask you, what, what, can you, can you expand on that? Because I'm not necessarily certain that the, that the Sixers need a name higher, but they need someone the who's – I mean, the, the six, did I say Sixers? Holy shit. You did. You, it's just because you probably just saw that Ben Simmons missed two free throws and we all get free Chick-fil-A. Free chicken, don't forget, free, if you have the, free Chick-fil-A tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Brickin' for chicken. If you uh, have the yeah. Chick-fil-A app, don't forget, you have, I think, 24 hours or 12 hours to uh, you have to do it before they op- before they open in the morning yeah so there you go yeah for chicken. Those, yeah, chick- yeah chick- i did i did, did that did cross across all, all those people yet. who are like who gives a shit about basketball who cares about the sixers no you do just, person you do yeah. person because chick-fil-a uh, nuggets are delicious anyway <laughs> but um but no the flyers it, it, just, it just has to be someone who's got the vision to work their way out of this mess and get the team where it needs to get to doesn't have to be a big name. Doesn't have to be, you know, but it could, there are, because I think that there are a lot of smart people out there who maybe have not had GM's jobs yet who could come in 
and uh, and potentially do this gig. Um, and, I agree. When when I say an all time hire, yeah. I'm not saying an established name, and I'm not saying somebody who who's like part of the old boys club in the NHL. To be clear, okay. I'm saying the hire that they make is going to have to be like somebody who almost like assuredly goes down as like one of the brightest minds of their generation to like come out of this because of how bad the cap situation is because of how bad the pipeline is with the exception of a few. I mean, there are a few good prospects, but like the team is not in a great long-term situation right now. So it's, it's going to, to your point, require somebody with a ton of creativity and I dare say it's going to take somebody who has gravitas with some of these other GMs in the league who are going to be willing to play ball. As I've mentioned in the past, Chuck Fletcher was supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to be somebody that has gravitas with other GMs, somebody that like uh, other GMs in the league would respect enough to kind of help out of a bad cap situation on a short-term deal like JVR. That, that ship sure as shit sailed in the offseason. We didn't see that at all, did we? So... Uh, I, I just, I don't think you can make another, uh, run of the mill, you know, retread higher. I do think it's going to have to be somebody who might not have held a, a GM job in this league to this point. Somebody who dare I say, maybe worked for a team that's actually been successful this decade. Like that would also be helpful. I wouldn't mind if you like pulled somebody off of the front office tree of like a Colorado or a Tampa Bay or like a team who's actually worth a damn. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to get Chuck Fletcher 2.0? All right, well, at least you tried, you know? Am I crazy? Am I nuts? Well, I mean, you, you don't want to say, oh, well, well, at least we tried getting somebody different. You, you got to get it right. You, you got to get it because this Well, they didn't get right. it right with the guy that was supposed to be a sure thing. Right. The guy well, that they kind of sold the fan base on being a sure thing. No, I, I, they, agree. They went, I agree. They, they, went, they went and plucked Ron Hextall out of L.A., Seemed like a good hire. There was a lot of logic and intelligence to that. Part of those Kings teams that that quasi, you know, that if you want to call it the Kings dynasty, made sense. It didn't work. Fine. You went and you brought in this, you know, experienced executive that you said was going to be the guy. Clearly hasn't been. The pendulum just kind of has to swing the other way again, doesn't it? Because, like, if you're, if you're going to bring in Chuck Fletcher 2.0 right off the bat, another retread who, like, was let go by his team because he had, you know, another uninspiring run running another team for the last two years. Like that sure ain't going to inspire confidence here. Right. Right. Yeah, so. I mean, you're right. No, you know, it, it, it can't be a retread. They got to get it right. They just got to get it right. Or if you say, if, if it is going to be a quote unquote retread, somebody with uh, a track record, it has to be a pretty flawless track record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's got that be guy out there. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that there are guys who are out there. The question is, well, are they looking for jobs right now? That's you know, that's what you know. Do you have any names to. that come to mind? Ed? No, do I, I, I don't. Right I'm there? not throwing any names out there. That's the last thing I need to do is put names out there and then have people say, "San Filippo said blah 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 blah," and it never happened. I, no, mm-hmm. I, I I would go the different route. I would go younger, newer. I mean, that's the direction I would head in. I wouldn't go the, the, the old the old hat uh, way, but that's not to say that there isn't a possibility out there that could work. Counterpoint, if you go with the unproven GM, could be problematic because you have a very, um, very bullish head coach, somebody who, who knows what he wants, 
And there is a possibility that one, uh, that the coach might try to railroad the, uh, the new GM have his way, you know, like the, again, like that's another thing. That's like yet another thing that this GM oversaw was bringing in this coach that raises your floor. And like, it just folks, the, the phrase of the day is cognitive dissonance, which we've talked about on the show before. There, there are so many things that are fundamentally constantly just clashing from this past off season that just prove that there was never a plan and really quick, because apparently this needs to get addressed. It is possible that when you have an opinion about a team and like what you think their vision should be that like along the way, you're going to also make a case that like, if this is what we're going to do, then uh, perhaps you should do some of these other things. Case in point, you and I were at odds going into the offseason about what the Flyers should do. I was of the thought they should tear it down. You said, you know what? Chuck Fletcher says aggressive retool. There is a possibility that they can kind of plug and play. They can maybe figure this thing out. The team doesn't have to go to zero. They could actually be okay and maybe turn it around in a year or two. I was very much in like, tear it down to the studs. Bundy kind of fell in my uh, in my camp I would say a little bit more than in your camp. And then the GM who promised the aggressive retool oversaw an offseason where they hired the win now coach, but were not willing to make any of the win now acquisitions. So I went into the offseason saying, tear it down. When the GM made it very clear they weren't going to tear it down, I said, well, then all right, the hell with it. If, if that's what you're going to do, then you better clear that space for Johnny Gaudreau who wants to play for his hometown team. Or you better go figure out a way to get in on the Alex Dabrinkit sweepstakes because if you're really in this like aggressive retool win-now mode, then those are two players who make you better, who kind of fit the timeline of your coach better. And those things don't fly in the face of, of one another. When the, the set of circumstances change, you have to adapt to it. All right, it was clear Chuck Fletcher didn't want to tear it down. All right, well then, if that's the case... You got. You probably should do one of these two things. He didn't do either, so I, I, I'm, I honestly, and like, I don't think I've ever been this flummoxed by the moves of a, of a front office executive, and I, I need to know: is there a way for this to get fixed? Sh- you know, short of them letting this GM go through another full season, another trade deadline, like, is there hope? Well, yes, and the thing of it is, is that we can probably have the same argument at the end of next season that we had at the end of this season. And I mean, obviously, we gotta we gotta wait and see um, whether or not uh, you know things, how things kind of play out. You know where the team is at that time of year. At that time, what the what the prognosis is for players like Couturier, um, Atkinson, and and those types moving forward. But I think that the same argument can be had next year, where you sit there and say, "There's a way to get. There's a way to do this in one to two years, and then there's a way to do it where you tear it all down, and you're looking at a lengthy six, seven year." Rebuild. I, I still don't see that. I just don't. 
I don't um, want to see a six, seven year rebuild to be, to be clear, but that's how, it, but that's how long it takes. I, 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 vent, I argue, I argue to people who take your argument all the time. I say, show me where it doesn't take that long. Show me where it's happened that it doesn't take that long. And if the argument is the New York Rangers, I argue back that the Rangers didn't have the same situation. The Rangers had superstar players who wanted to come to New York and play there regardless of what their situation was. And that their young players that they drafted at the top of that draft did not contribute to the, to the development of that team as quickly as it turned around. That was more akin to what I was looking for. Actually, they got a bonus because they got both. They got the high draft picks and the stars that came in at the same time. Okay, so that was a unique situation. Other than that, every other team that built itself to be a long-term Stanley Cup contender is at least six years before they were legitimately good enough to be there, and some even longer. Like Colorado, we talked about them last year. They finally won the Cup. But it all started with a, a complete teardown when they drafted Gabriel Landeskog 10 years earlier. Yeah. They had to go through a second teardown to get Nathan McKinnon. Like they did it twice. Um, Chicago, they had it build over several years. But I mean, yeah, it was only three years after Patrick Kane that they, but they had to be bad for several years before that too to get that because they also got Taves in that in in, yeah. in that run as well um and uh and Kurt and um uh Keith Duncan Keith um and the uh the other defenseman god why is his name slipping my mind at this point but anyway the, the point is is that they had to do the same thing you know so teams you have to even even the penguins with Crosby like he was first round pick in 05, and yeah, they went to the final in 08, but he was the third. He was the final pick. Okay. Mm -hmm. They had Malkin before him and and Flurry before him. So you're looking at six years for Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, so that, it takes that long to get there. So if you're going to tear it all the way down, and that's fine, you just have to be prepared for it to take five, six years, seven years, maybe longer. And and the, how you know, you I, I would say I would say that the flip side, right? Like, I hate the fact that we've come back to this. The flip side to it is like this team, the way that it was constructed, like was capable of being in the bottom three this year. And like in theory, if you like a lot of the other pieces that you have, and you are able to get off of a couple of contracts, this doesn't have to be a six or seven year thing. This could be a hey, you know what? Like we are going to suck hard for Bedard, as somebody said on Twitter today. Like. You, you could do that, and Bedard is immediately going to be an impactful player for your team, and, like, you could theoretically turn this around in a year or two. You could theoretically, like, put this team with the young players under John Tortorella's tutelage to, like, learn how to be professionals, all that, move a couple of contracts with a competent GM, which you don't have right now, and then, like, just, you know, see where the, where the, where the chips land. I don't know, man. I don't want to be negative. I don't. I don't. God, I feel like this whole... This whole thing was us just kind of sitting here going, well, we kind of told you so. Now, the funny thing is 10 days ago, we put an episode out that said uh, the Flyers might be better than we thought. And I think the name of this episode is going to have to be the Flyers are who we thought they were. I agree. So uh, I know that you were really excited because another five-star review came in. Um, 
and you you love five star reviews. And as we've pointed out to the people before, you're always uh, willing to uh, if you are willing to put out a uh, a five star review over on uh, Apple Podcasts. We love that. If you're on Spotify and you click on the Snow the Goalie logo to go to the show page, you can leave five star uh, rating, which is very helpful, uh, especially in their rankings. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can go there and leave a five star rating. That's really helpful. Their weird algorithm, it's excellent. Uh, but if you leave a five-star review, it's even better. This one is from Sam M. Five stars. Must listen podcast if you're a flyer at heart. H-A-R-T. Capitalized. Yeah. Love this show. Seems like Russ itches to do his impressions, different voices, much more now that he's no longer a teacher. Bundy, we miss you, but congrats on the book. Looking forward to reading. Clear, concise. I love Very it. good. Very good. I didn't do a single voice on this show. How about that? You know what the funny thing was, is you were doing them beforehand. Before we hit record, you were doing it. You were doing your um, uh, Morgan Freeman beforehand. Oh, I was. That's right. I was. I forget why. <laughs> Profanity lace tirade about something, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anthony, here we are on Snow the Golding, the Only Flyers podcast. The People's podcast, the Players podcast, the Prognosticators podcast. Andy Dufresne was my friend. <laughs> I hope I hope to shake my friend's hand again. Zewatuneo. Get live get busy living or get busy dying. That's goddamn right. <laughs> Anthony, really quick, what's one thing you're thankful for as we get people ready for the Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday? Is there anything that you're thankful for in your life right now, in this what moment? Am, what am I thankful for? Mm-hmm. Um There's an easy answer. She, she's saying it in the background over here. No, not her. Not her? Not, not she's, her. I'm not allowed to say Maria? You could, but like, that's not, okay, the, she, that's not the easy answer. Because I said, what am I thankful for? She's sitting on the couch behind me, and she goes, me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could be, but that's not the easy answer. That's not the easy answer? No. Tell, me the, tell me the easy answer. It's not even me, although you should be. The, uh, the answer, of course, is the thousands of people who decide for some reason every week to go on to their favorite podcast app and listen to us, go over yeah. to the Crossing Broad yeah. YouTube channel, listen to us talk about this team or watch us talk about this team. Those are the people who I'm thankful for. I mean, obviously, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for the kids, thankful for the baby that's going to be born in like another month and a half. I'm not ready for that yet. Still not ready. We're actually, I'm very excited. We're, we're redoing our entire basement. Office is going to move down there, which means I'm going to be able, when we record podcasts at night like this one, if we have to, I can yell because I'll be in the basement. I won't be like sharing walls here with like, my daughter in the next room and all that. Don't have to worry about scaring anybody. It's going to be great. Now you, just, uh, it, I, I'm just convinced you decided to have a fourth kid so that you could be the outright winner uh, on the Crossing Broad group for number of children. That I, I'm in first place right now, aren't I? Oh, well, I'm tied with you. Yes, three ties me. Yeah. So four puts you in. Out, that's why I said outright first yeah. place. Yeah. That's why you just, you know, your, your ego well, was, our you, old couldn't pal, sh- you couldn't share the, the tie. You had to, you know, jump ahead. Our old pal, Phil Kaidel uh, has been saying for the longest time that, that uh, my wife and I are on the drive for five. And I said, if that ever happens, I'm going to drive to your house. I'm going to smack you upside the head. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, you said that when I suggested number four. <laughs> yeah, I blame, I blame you. I blame anybody who put it in the universe. But you know what? This is going to be a good kid. I'm, I'm feeling okay about it. I'm feeling good. Good. Kids have... The, yeah, the kids are good. We like our kids. Our kids are good. They're solid. Yeah. So anyway, I um, hope everybody who listens has a great Thanksgiving. Um, hopefully, 
If you're listening to this on a Wednesday, um, you might be traveling. Have a safe trip. If you've already done your traveling, have a safe trip. Uh, if you are going to be subjected to uh, family that you don't want to see on Thanksgiving and um, you decide to like leave the meal early because you can't stand them anymore, have a safe trip. Uh, if you uh, decide that you're going to uh, flop like I've seen a lot of at the World Cup, you know, like your sister-in-law who you hate so much, you know, you happen to just kind of trip over her foot and use that as the reason to get out of there, have a safe trip. See, we're just going to keep this going. Um, who knows? I will tell you, I'm excited. I like the, pe the people we bring over for Thanksgiving, that we invite over. It's all family. Love them. We have a nice time. Feel good about it. But for those who have to like sit through politics and all the other kind of nonsense at Thanksgiving, I'm sorry in advance. Uh, and are you, are you excited for Thanksgiving? Do you like Thanksgiving? Like, where does, my favorite, where does this my favorite meal. It's my favorite meal of the year. Is your favorite holiday, though? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, you got to remember, being in an Italian household, it's like, you know, you basically don't have to do much of anything. You just kind of sit there and watch football and eat food all day, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony, you got to come in and watch this uh, Buffalo Bills, Detroit Lions. Huh? I know. First of a triple header, first game. Come on, Anthony. Yep. Right. You know, Dallas right. Giants, right? That's a good one. Dallas Giants in the uh, the late afternoon window. You got the Vikings and the Patriots in prime time. Yeah, yeah. actually, all like all three games some good have, games. All three games Detroit. have some meaning. Yeah, but they're playing Detroit. well. They're playing yeah. well. I mean, they've yeah. won three in a, they've won three in a row. They've been competitive yeah. in other games. You know, they're not going to beat Buffalo, but at least it could be a good game. I mean, it could be, an, you know, if we get like game. a really cool, like we get like a, like a 42 to 35 game yeah, to start be. Thanksgiving. That'd be pretty cool. I'd be okay with that. So could be fun. We got a triple header there. We've got the world cup. I know that you hate soccer, but like the world I cup. I watched a little bit of the first game against Wales. Go on. I did. Okay. Just a little bit. Not a lot. Supporting the United States men's national team against Wales. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So yeah. you got to, yeah, I mean, if you were a Union fan, you would know that, like, Gareth Bale has now ripped the heart out of the chest of uh, Philadelphia <laughs> fans, at least, and some Americans now uh, twice in two and a half weeks. Yep. First uh, with the uh, extra time goal that forced penalty shootout in MLS Cup that uh, LAFC won against the Union, and then uh, drawing the penalty on a boneheaded play, bad tackle. They yep. lose, well, they, they tie the game, but to me it's a loss. Um, anyway. World Cup's going on all morning and into the early afternoon. You've got the triple header of NFL games. And the Flyers are opening the building early. For those of you who are World Cup fans, they are opening the building early if you have tickets to the game to go down and watch on Friday and go down and watch yep. USA England at 1 o'clock. So if, really? you have ticket, if you have tickets to the Flyers game, 2 o'clock. If you have tickets to the, the Flyers, well, the building that. opens at 1 o'clock. So okay. if you have tickets to the game for Flyers – penguins 5 30 start time on friday mm -hmm. you can go down to the building the building will open as early as one and they will be they will have all the concessions open and everything and they will be playing the game on the screens to watch usa england so that's really cool if you're if you are a soccer fan and a flyers penguin going to the flyers penguins game it's an opportunity let me let me just say really quickly here to to our our uh, folks in the the Flyers uh, business side of the organization have listened to the podcast. I have to give them some credit here on that. They've, they've done a nice job with things that are like related to sports and opening up the arena 
yeah. the the time around the uh, the World Series run comes to mind. The, t- the tailgate doing a good thing. job with that stuff. Like that's that's really cool. Showing uh, the Phillies during the game, Flyers game. This yeah. thing, like this thing, is really cool. They're they are doing some things well. Uh, I don't know how much it's going to make a difference uh, in terms of you well, know, I, attendance I, because of the team being I, bad. But I will say, I'll I do think you, it's a good it's a good thing to do. Here's the and difference. It's I think it's going made. to get good publicity. And it's going to get some of the um, the good faith for the organization back. Here's the difference it's from making. Some fans. Here's the difference it's making. It has stemmed the tide of constant anger at the organization. Yes, fans are disappointed with the with the team. They're disappointed with where they're at and where you know how long it's going to take for them to be good again. But there was there there was always oh and the business side sucks too, and they're yeah. terrible. And you know and we were at the heart of that because we pointed a lot of the stuff out that they did wrong. But they've really stemmed that tide. Mm-hmm. So, and like you said, it could build that goodwill going forward, and that's great. And that and hopefully they continue that. Because it could be the one thing I could, I, the one warning I give, and I give them, and I give, you know, mention here, but they, hopefully they're listening, is they are. Just because you're not seeing results in ticket sales does not mean the goodwill is not uh, being accepted by the fans. You have to maintain it. You can't go back to, well, we gave that a shot. It didn't work. Let's try something else. No, no. You have to stay with that because the fans will come back and they will be there. Use the Phillies as the example, right? They're going to need to see it. The Phillies fans needed to see the team make the playoffs. We talked about it at the end of the season. They 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 were in that playoff push and... They weren't drawing anything more than 30,000. Some nights, 22, 23, 24. So like half half full stadium, even with the playoff push happening. Okay? But mm-hmm. once it happened, once they got in, you saw what it was like. Wells Fargo Center will be like that if the Flyers make the playoffs. But don't give up on the fan base if just because the team's not succeeding and they're not coming to the games. They're there. They're waiting. They're just waiting their opportunity. Continue all to build. All they need you to do. Continue to build the goodwill. Is fire the incompetent GM. That's I it. would blow up the whole front office. Oh, that's right. You you brought this up months ago. Here, let me let me throw this out to you as like the last hypothetical for the, for yeah. this team. So we we fully expect that in the event they get rid of Chuck Fletcher, they're going to just install Danny Breer into that job. Um, which I, I, you know, I don't exactly feel the best about, not that I have anything against Danny Briere. Um, but if, if they were to do that, like say they're, they, they relieve Chuck Fletcher of his duties in late December, early January, and they put Briere into that position and they say Lombardi or Holmgren or Clark or somebody's going to serve as like a quasi advisor, or they're all going to serve as a, you know, a, a collective brain trust to help young Danny Briere. Do you give him that job in with an interim title, 
to give yourself the flexibility to have an actual search in the offseason when the best of the best executive candidates and pool is out there? A hundred percent. hundred percent. There's not even a question. It's got to be interim. Because I they will. Well, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say to you. I mean, I, I'm not convinced that they're going to get rid of Chuck. You know, I'm like, I guess they haven't yet. So what's so like I I can't say that yet. That's what yes, that would do that, of course. But I don't know. I mean, they haven't done what they should have done at this point already. Um, so I would say you have to 100 percent make it interim. And yeah, you could say let's wait till the off season, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If Dave Scott was willing to fire Ron Hextall on Black Friday, mm-hmm. then he needs to get someone else in here. It's the same concept. Bring the new guy in. Gives him a few months to kind of see what he has at his disposal. Okay? Let him get through the trade deadline. And that way, meeting with the scouts, getting prepared for the draft for next year and for offseason and um, free agency and all that good stuff. You got to give them time. You can't ask mm-hmm. someone to come in as soon as the season's over and expect them to hit the ground running with a draft and free agency having not been in place. I think the time to replace a general manager is in season. If you don't have the next person lined up that's going to do that and you have to go with interim Danny Briere, interim Danny Briere might only be interim for a few months. Not even. Yeah. Not even. Um, hey, last thing here before we leave. Um, does this mean I was right? What do you mean? About Chuck Fletcher? Because remember remember how I, remember how like well, a year, year and a half ago I said it was time and, and you said, well, Rusty, you kind of well, have to give time, the guy. Man. It wasn't you, time. Man. You're like, you're like yeah, you kind of have to give the guy time. You do. I you said, had I to. I said, I said, I don't think this is going to work. Okay. Was I right? I was right. All right, I yeah, got you. But you, but right. you had All to right. give the guy time, considering right. what considering right. what he had to deal with with the pandemic. You so had to give you had to give the guy time. Up. Don't you? Fuck. I haven't dropped an f bomb this whole show. I've been a good little boy. You had to. So did every other GM in the league. No, no, but the point was was that so did every he other could GM. O- he could only do so much because of it. He could so only could he was GM. limited because of it. He couldn't turn it around. So you had he had his opportunity now, and he screwed mm-hmm. it up. He's had his opportunity to do it and didn't complete it. But at that time, you couldn't. You couldn't say get rid of Chuck Fletcher. At the time, you couldn't. He was coming off of a season where they were second round of the playoffs, uh-huh. and you wanted to get rid of him. And it's like, eh, gotta give him a chance, man. Yeah, I was right. All right. Uh, hey, thanks for listening to uh, Snow the Goalie. Thanks for. That was a motorcycle that just flew past my house. Maybe like 90 miles an hour. Are you like living on 95? No, but this, the road that I live on sometimes because there's no there's there's a big gap between the uh, the traffic lights that people tend to fly for a, unfortunately for a, a stretch. I don't want to get personal here, but the people who are watching on the stream they might they might notice that's a different backdrop, Anthony. Is that going to be your backdrop from now on? Because yeah. it looks different. Well, it, I mean, one, I don't know if it'll be used to for a while. I'm, I'm sure if it's going to be the one for now on, it's just that this is I'm sitting at the dining room table. There is an office downstairs. Um, I do have a uh, an injury that needs to be resolved um, that I don't have a comfortable enough chair to sit in. 
Um, so I can't really be in that office space. Um, so I'm setting up on the dining room table um, on a much more comfortable chair to sit on. Uh, however, what I'm trying to say, everybody, is that Anthony's in a different house, or at least it looks like it. And that, I am. That's a yes, lovely... this is a new home. There we go. You're yes. like sitting here talking about like hemorrhoids or something, and I'm talking about it's not hemorrhoids. You got like, well, it's listen, not fannydoctor.com. We just did like a it's a, a it's a right? it's a hip flexor injury. Oh, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. yeah, stretch out those hip flexors, Anthony, and you know what'll help them? That turkey you're gonna have on Thanksgiving. Favorite yes, side dish will. before we go? Um, cranberry sauce. The can or homemade cranberry the sauce? Canned. I eat them both. To be honest, I can eat them both, but the canned one is just there's something about it that just I love it. I Thank know it's weird. Us on I know the it's final weird. Episode of Snow the Goalie. <laughs> I also like stuffing. Stuffing's also well. Stuffing's great. Yeah, yeah stuffing's, stuffing's great. also great. Uh, sweet sweet potatoes. Do you do the marshmallows on top? Yes. Do you do sprouts with pancetta? Um, we do sprouts. Sometimes they do them with. It depends on who's making them, but yes. Sometimes yes. Do we also have like a, a green, beans, else, green, beans, green beans, green beans, green beans casserole. Yeah, with, with, the, with, the, crun- al- with the crunchy onions on top. Al- you mean almondine with the almonds on top? No, we don't do the almonds. We do almondine. the uh, we do like the little on- the crispy onions. We do almondine, right, hon? No, he's got he's got to ask her. See that? Uh huh. What is it? She says it's casserole. I don't know. It is, it's a string bean casserole. Everybody knows that. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Almonds on your string bean casserole. I don't know. You've never heard of green bean you, almondine? I have not. I've not had that at Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. So, and then the other else we do, you know, that a lot, of, I'm not sure a lot of people do do for, for Thanksgiving. We also have ham. I love ham. I love a good ham. I am not judging you at all. I think it's totally fine. I wish I can convince my wife to to yeah. add a ham to the to the spread here. Because I do a little, I'll just I'll do a little bit of turkey, but I'm not a huge turkey guy. I'll mm-hmm. do a little bit just to have it because it's turkey. It's Thanksgiving, but I much prefer the ham. You know the problem. The reason that I think a lot of people don't like turkey is because they they live in families that don't do the turkey correctly. So let this be my my final bit of advice to the fine folks listening to Snow the Goalie who are an hour <laughs> fifteen into this episode. Okay, the correct way to cook a turkey. And it's going to sound inhumane, so sorry. You cut the backbone out. You know, like I used to be a big fan of like the idea of spatchcock, which is where you, you, uh, you I mean, you cut the spine out and then you press down on the breastbone. And so the, the turkey is, you know, flat, right? You follow me? You follow me, camera guy? ShamWow. Remember the ShamWow guy? You follow me, camera guy? Anyway, uh, so instead of, instead of just like having it where it's flattened out, which is good because it gives more surface area, it allows the, the air in the oven, to, it, it cooks the turkey more evenly. What we've done the last few years, and I have to tell you is great, is we do a dry brine. So you, you salt it, right? You put it in the, in the fridge for a day or two salted. It extracts a lot of the moisture, right? A lot of the excess moisture. And what you do is you actually butcher the turkey down. So you cut the legs off, the thighs off, the breasts off, you know, the breasts, the wings, all of it. Like it's separated. You do two sheet pans, preferably with the, uh, the racks in the pans. So it's elevated a little bit. And that's how you do your turkey. It'll be done in like, if you do it, I think it's like 425. You do that for like an hour and a half. And then you drop the temperature a little bit. It's the Ina Garten method. Look up the Ina Garten method. 
every time you do a turkey like this, you are going to have the juiciest, most delicious turkey with crispy skin. It is fantastic. It's the only way to cook a turkey. The only way. Okay. And that's, that's the food advice here from the Only Flyers podcast. Because don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, oh, yes, this is Snow the Goalie, the Only Flyers podcast, the podcast, players podcast, prognosticators podcast, PLA podcast, Pampers podcast, the somewhat inconsistent but always loving Flyers podcast. Make sure you go follow Anthony over on Twitter at Philly. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy on Broad. You can follow the show at Snow the Goalie. Remember, Road to Redemption, Bundy's book, available wherever you get your books. You can find this podcast anywhere that you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget, as you're preparing your turkey, you're making the mashed potatoes, you're out there kind of making a nice little pan gravy, okay? You've got like a, a wireless device. You've got like an Amazon Echo. You've got like a Google Home. You've got a Siri-enabled device. You know, you could tell. You can ask nicely. Siri or Google or Alexa, you just say, play the latest episode of Snow the Goalie, a Flyers podcast, bingo, bango, bongo. Our voices will fill your home with love and warmth and like some Italian joy, you know? Eh? That's what you do. You could also, in between, uh, you know, like got halftime of a football game, got halftime of the World Cup, something like that. You pop us on your TV, on YouTube, go to the Crossing Broad YouTube channel. There's the whole playlist for all the Snow the Goalie episodes. We link to that in the description of this episode. You can also go to snowthegoalie.com. If all of this is too confusing for you, just go to snowthegoalie.com. You'll find the video of the episode at the top. And then I think it's the uh, Apple Podcasts. And then it's Spotify. All those players are on the site as well. You can go there. You can listen. You can watch. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Leave a five-star review. Uh, leave a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you listen to. And um, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. I think <laughs> – I know I've said this like the last two times. I think we're going to go back to being weekly, Ant. So we're going to try to shoot for next week hopefully have Bundy back for that one. We'll see. Now that we've broken the curse, the Flyers should win on Wednesday. If they don't, Anthony will be one point off, and he will be absolutely insufferable on Twitter and wherever you get your Flyers coverage. So just Not watch true. out, folks. Not anyway. True. But I will be at the game on Friday. There you go. I won't be, but you will be. I'll be at Friday. I have something going on. Can I tell you what I have going on? What do you got going on? Have you? I'm making sure my, my son's like aren't out of bed. Have you, have you have you seen like the Facebook ads for like the Home Alone thing? They're doing they're doing the Home Alone uh, Philadelphia Orchestra thing. Have you seen this? No. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. So the Philadelphia Orchestra is gonna be playing the music and like the movies on in the background. Our kids have never seen the movie before. They ask us every year around Christmas to see the movie. I was like, you know what? This is the year we're gonna go. I didn't even know this was a thing. When I saw it, I'm like, we gotta do it. Gotta do it. Got the tickets. Very that's excited. Fun. So we're gonna do this weekend. So that's gonna be fun. Anyway. That's a fun one. Anyway, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Everybody who's uh, watching, listening out there, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you all. Anthony's, you know, thankful for Maria. I'm thankful for my wife and kids. Anthony's thankful for his kids. We're, all, we're thankful for everybody. We're thankful for all of you. Thanks for listening. This has gone on too long. Thanks for sticking around this long. We'll talk to you again next week. Subscribe, watch, all that. Snow the Goalie, Only Flyers podcast. Peace out, Cub Scouts.